Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Well, today we're starting a brand new series. We're calling it Life Choices. We're going to be studying and making our way through the book of Proverbs um, over the next number of weeks. And, and this morning we're going to simply just introduce um, this series. But a little later on each week we're going to be looking at the nitty gritty of the different subjects and different topics that the book of Proverbs deal with. You know, sometimes it's so hard. It's so hard to navigate life. We're bombarded every day with so much stuff. And we're constantly making choices. We're constantly making decisions. And some of those choices and some of those decisions that we're making impact us for the rest of our lives. So if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you, especially if you have a paper Bible, to, to turn to the book of Proverbs. If, if the Bible is relatively new to you, still trying to navigate it, if you open your Bible right in the middle, it usually opens up to the book of Psalms, and you take a sharp right, the very next book is Proverbs. Or if you have some kind of electronic device that you want to follow along with, uh, that's uh, fantastic as well. I just want you to see these words uh, for yourself. You know, some of the main topics of the book of Proverbs that it deals with, it's going to deal a lot with comparison man's uh, and God's way of living. It's going to be talking about gaining wisdom. It's going to be talking about the fear of the Lord. It's going to talk about self-control, proper uses of uh, riches, how to train your children, honesty, helpfulness, diligence, laziness, health, alcohol, abuse, and, and so many other subjects. It really does get down to the nitty-gritty. And the first seven verses of the book of Proverbs, as I said, we're kind of just introducing it uh, this week, but the first seven verses is really going to clearly explain to us the purpose of the book of Proverbs. Uh, the reader's going to get the idea uh, what to expect in the rest of the book. And so um, I hope your hearts are open. I hope you're ready to upgrade your wisdom to a 2.0 version this morning so we can make choices <clears throat> that will help us live skillfully uh, in life. And in verse 1, <clears throat> it says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David. So we know automatically who wrote the book. It, it's Solomon. He's the son of David, also the son of Queen Bathsheba. And he becomes king. And it doesn't record in the Bible what age he became king, but a lot of historians and scholars say he became king somewhere between the age of 12 and his mid-20s. So pretty early in life, he, he becomes the king, and, and what he does when he becomes king is he asks God for some wisdom. I know a lot of you have probably are familiar with this man. If you grew up in the church, you've heard this name multiple times. If you never grew up in the church, you probably have heard his name. You know, maybe someone has said, oh, he's as wise as Solomon. Oh, the wisdom of Solomon that man has. And so he, he asked God for some wisdom so he could properly reign over his people. And early in his reign, there was this court case um, that came basically to his chambers. You may be familiar with that story. Where two women came uh, to Solomon because there was a dispute. See, there was these two women that lived in the same household under the same roof. And the Bible says that one lady had a Bible, I mean a, a baby, and then three days later, 
the other lady had a baby, and there was nobody else in the house. So nobody saw this. They're living there by themselves. And one night, tragedy strikes that household. Because one of the ladies had turned over on top of her baby and, and had suffocated the baby. Tragedy. Grief beyond measure. Some of you know what that's like. You've, you've lost a young child, and it's just, oh, the heartache that comes with that. Well, this lady, who obviously is grief-stricken that she's lost her child, we're told in the Bible what happens is at night, she quietly goes to the other room with her child, and while the other lady is sleeping, she takes the living, breathing baby and replaces it with her baby, then takes that baby Well, the next morning, of course, the lady wakes up and she is distraught. Her baby is, is dead. But it says in the Bible that as, as I examine the child closely, I realize this is not my baby. This is not my child. And she went and she, she confronts the other lady. You switched the babies. And she says, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. And so what are you going to do? It's one word against the other. Nobody was there. Nobody can verify either story. And so basically they go to the highest court of the, of the land. They, they find themselves in the front of the king, King Solomon. And Solomon hears both sides of the story. And the Bible says after hearing both sides of the argument, he says, bring me a sword. And he makes the decision, I will cut the baby in half, and that way each mother can have a part of the child. Well, of course, in the story, we find out the birth mother says, no, 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 don't do that. Just give her the baby. Give her the baby. And the other lady says, you know, that sounds fair. That sounds like a good decision. And so immediately, Solomon knows who the real mother is. And that story spread throughout all of Israel. People were amazed. How did he know to do something like that? In fact, it says that the story spread far and wide of his wisdom that men from nations all around the world came just to sit at the feet of Solomon. In fact, many of us know the most famous visitor that the Bible records is the Queen of Sheba. The Bible says the Queen of Sheba had some very Difficult questions, hard questions she did not know how to answer. And it says she, she made her way to Solomon. And the Bible actually said these hard questions that she had, Solomon found it very easy to answer. And then she just sat there and basked in all this wisdom. And as she's making her way back home, her words are only half of the story has been told how wise he is. Like the stories that I had been told, I almost weren't too sure they were true. They were almost unbelievable. But after spending time with Solomon, that's her conclusion. Only half has been told about the wisdom of Solomon. So that's who has written this book. Um, the Bible refers to it as the wisest man. No man. The Bible actually says no man before him was as wise and no man after was as wise as Solomon. So this is why he tells us he wrote the book. This is the purpose for it. 
He says, for attaining wisdom and discipline for understanding words of insight. Understanding, this word understand, the Hebrew connotation is here, the ability to know why God prefers one way over the other way. See, you can have an understanding why that, you heard this argument and you've heard this argument and you understand both, but this particular understand, understanding that he's talking about is why God would prefer this one over this one. And so that's why he's written that, that you'd have this uh, ability to understand. He says, for acquiring discipline and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion. Now, now this is why he's written the book. Now, what is prudence? It, it doesn't come from prunes. And it's not a word that we often use. So what, what is prudence? It seems like an old word. Here's the, the Hebrew connotation of this word. This prudence is spirit. It's a spirit-born cleverness that understands the trends and the events and inherent dangers that are before us and then how to avoid those pitfalls. That's prudence. It's like, it's an understanding, if I go this way, I know exactly where I'm going to end up. And so the book of Proverbs is so that we could have some prudence. So it's for giving prudence to the simple. Now sometimes we hear that word simple and we think, oh, the people who aren't that smart. They're simple people. And we say, oh, that's what this book is written. It's written for those people. This word simple does not mean not smart at all. It does not mean stupid person. It's actually referring to someone who maybe is unaware. They're inexperienced. They're naive. And so he's saying that the person who's never experienced something could actually have prudence, a spirit-born cleverness to understand which way to go and how to avoid the pitfalls. So, you know, sometimes we say, oh, with life experience, you know certain things. And they're saying here, Solomon says, I've written this for the simple, so for even those who maybe are a little naive, are unaware of situation, never experienced something, that they would know. For giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion. What does that word mean? The ability to look at two different things and see what God sees and be able to see what is good and evil. So discretion is, I see this way, I see this way, I understand what you're saying. But discretion is the ability to cipher through all that and figure out what is good and what is evil. And so that, this is one of the reasons he says that he's written the book of Proverbs for, for those of us. For giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young this book is for the young, by the way. This is not just an old book, old for the people who are lived a long life and feeling old. And No, it's for the young. And so he goes on to say, so let the wise listen and add to their learning. So you may be wise already, but he says, listen to what's in this book and become even wiser. And then let the discerning <clears throat> get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. So he's written this so we could have some understanding. This is a verse that we probably all know quite well. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Now, sometimes when we hear that word fear, right, we go, the fear, like, like I'm scared to death that maybe God's going to do something. Maybe he's going to beat up on me. That's not the kind of fear that is being talked about here. This fear is what drives us uh, to the Lord. It's the grace of God that teaches me that I absolutely need him. It's the it's fear is what makes me realize that my life needs to orbit around him. Uh, that fear is that I, I, I get it. I see the graciousness, the beauty, the wonder of who he is. He says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I mean, that's ground zero. That's where it starts. Begins the knowledge. That word knowledge is more than possessing, by the way, information. Because that's usually what we think. He's so knowledgeable. He's got so much information. But the nuance of that Hebrew word is it's deeply personal and experiential. You know sometimes um, you can know this and know that, but you've never personally experienced it. It's all textbook information for you. But he's saying the fear of the Lord is the beginning of a knowledge that is as though you have experienced it yourself. It's deeply personal. And, and so this is the purpose of the book of Proverbs. So as we dive into it, we, we kind of know right off the bat what Solomon wants us to, to study and why to study this. And then quickly, there's also a benefit. There's a benefit as well for studying the book of Proverbs. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, My son, he's speaking like um, an older father to a son. This is like, it's, it's intimate. My son. It's like maybe when a dad goes out with his son and has that, you know, a really intimate conversation with his son or his daughter. It's meaningful. It's purposeful. And so here's Solomon saying, my son, do not forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments. The word there for teaching Actually, the, the Hebrew word comes out of there is uh, it comes from Torah, which Torah describes the first kind of five books of the Bible. And he's saying, do not forget those teaching and let it be written on your heart or your heart keep my commandments. That heart is your inner self. It is who you are. He's saying, keep my commands. The word here, forget, I don't know about you, but I tend to forget things. And so sometimes I make lists. I'll make a list so I don't forget things because I have a tendency to forget things. You know, maybe for some of you, <clears throat> you write notes on your mirror because, you know, you're going to take a shower in the morning and brush your teeth and you're going to look, oh, there's that note to remind you of what you have to do today. Sometimes, because I can be a little forgetful, if I have to bring something to work the next day, I often will take that item and I'll put it right in front of the door so I literally have to trip over it to get out the door. Like that just reminds me, that's right, I need to take that 
um, to work. This word forget also, there's a nuance that's connected with, with it in the Hebrew. It's not that you just don't forget, but the idea is also pass it on. Don't forget and pass it on. And so Solomon is saying, my son, the idea is that one day you're going to have children. One day you're going to have a son. You're going to have a daughter. So don't forget what I've taught you and pass it on. Pass it on to your children. I just want to ask you a question. Do your children know your story? Like, do they know your story? Do they know? What do you get when... When you don't have the wisdom of God. If, if, if a new generation is not taught the wisdom of God, this is what you get. Addictions. Hate. Teen pregnancies. Teen suicides. Abortion. Racism. Gender confusion. The list goes on and on and on. And we see it. We are living in that day when the wisdom of God has not been taught to a new generation. If you're looking for peace this morning, you're looking for shalom. And don't we all just want a little bit of peace during this COVID-19, in this 2020 year? The thing is, Jesus is peace. In fact, the Bible says he's the prince of peace. Do you need some peace today? Do you need some peace today? For those who maybe are watching online, we, we have some hosts that would love to, to pray with you and, and show you how you can have the peace of God. For those who are here this morning, if you don't have peace, I'm telling you, before you leave here this morning, you could actually have not just the God of peace in your life, but you could have the peace of God in your life. Sometimes I will ask people, I'll say, what brought you to Christ? Like, what made the decision? We heard some of the testimonies this morning in the baptism. But sometimes I'll say to you, somebody says, so what, what caused you to come to Christ? And I've heard people say to me, I had no peace in my life. All I wanted was some peace. I, I feel like I'm always at war with myself and with other people. And I was just looking for some peace. And that's one of the decisions that's why some people come to, to Jesus. Sometimes you'll say, uh, what brought you to Jesus? And they'll say, you know what, I, I, I never fully understood what it was to be loved that much by God. I didn't know that. And when I finally understood that God loved me that much, it was so overwhelming. Well, that's, that's peace. That's the peace of God. Somebody, I've heard people say, I just was looking for some comfort. I just wanted some comfort in my life. And they came to Christ and, well, that's peace. That's the shalom that we're promised. Proverbs 3, 3. Let love and faithfulness, I think some of your translations say a steadfast love, never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Heart, 
bind them around your neck. I, I was thinking about this. It's like, take the things that I've taught you. It's like a lanyard. You know when you're at a conference, you're always afraid you're going to lose the lan the, your pass, and so you stick it on a lanyard, lanyard. So wherever you go, it goes with you. You are not going to be denied entrance into that conference because you got the ID right there. Well, that's the idea. Bind it, these teaching. Don't leave home without it. If there was ever a time, maybe I'm just more heightened to it during this season of COVID-19, but if there was ever a time that people wanted peace, that people needed peace, it's right now. He's never promised that there would be no turmoil. He never promised that we'd always be healthy. We never promised we'd be wealthy. But he did promise peace for the journey. Do you need that today? Do you need that today? In your life? Because God offers it generously and freely. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com. There's no